Wir gehen jetzt in den Wassers los. It's Deinen Freundo, Seth, I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh, German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name. Actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Nintendo!
Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of November 18th, 2015. I am your host, Jose Otero, and this is IGN's Nintendo Show. Oh, this is This IG- is oh. always oh. IGN's Nintendo okay. Show. Not sure if you knew that, but joining us once again, the man who corrects few, fewer, and uh, less than, more effect, than... Effect, effect. All of it. Those are my Herr Schneider, uh, welcome back. Always good What's to have up, you. What's up, Jose? Thank you for having me. Yeah, you I'm were back. out last week. I was. I forgot what I did. I was traveling, right? <laughs> you were traveling. I was traveling, yeah. Okay, and okay. joining us once again, Callie Plagosaurus Rex is with <laughs> wow. us. Hello, hello. Yes. Uh, I also like grammar. <laughs> yes, oh, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah he corrects fewer, me. Fewer and, and less are very important to me. This is, a, see, you guys are going to bond over this episode. Every day. All right, so yeah. we've got a bunch of games to talk about. We have some question block questions. Um, a bit of an up and down motion on this episode because. What does that mean? Uh, well, that's going to mean that we're going to have a few lows and a few highs because well, we're going we, to start things off and then we're going to be great. <laughs> no, I'm going to start. By I'm planning off. to not put in a lot of work at all. Oh, good. Well, then it. you'd be just like Mario Tennis Ultra Smash. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Jose way. Yeah, Jose uh, way. I, hate, I hate to be mean, but let's start there. Um, so Mario Tennis Ultra Smash is now on IGN is reviewed. Marty was out today, but we decided to talk about it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, 4.8 on the IGN scale, which is wow. bad. Yeah. yeah. Bad. Wow, that's really low. Yeah, that is yeah. really low. Um, and so we want to talk about it with you and sort of help you understand sort of what uh, and why and what our impressions of this game. I mean, the, the Mario Tennis really set the trend for, you know, tennis games. Kind of like it was the Mario Kart to Virtua Tennis, right? Like the mm-hmm. Mario Kart to a traditional racing game. Um, loved the originals, uh, you know, on N64. Just played a ton of it. Um plop this one in expecting at least something up to par with that experience but it wasn't quite there so mechanically it's it's good yeah. right like it feels right it's mm. it's beautiful to look at the characters oh, and everything gorgeous. look good but you can tell that it is a gap filler that this game needed to have more attention and more time in the cooker and i think it's a it's a victim of the zelda delay they needed and the star fox delay they needed another game for the holiday season, and it's just not done. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. done. I mean, it's again, it's not because the frame rate is broken or it's buggy. It's just there's not a lot to it. Mm-hmm. It feels like launch software. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was one thing that struck me um, just a few minutes into playing it. Mm-hmm. And that's really unfortunate because anyone thinks of a console launch, they think of like, hey, a game can get a fundamental idea really right, but then everything around it is sort of empty or doesn't feel like it was really ready. And mm-hmm. usually that's because it's a launch game, right? It's mm-hmm. something that had to kind of come out in order to make it so people would buy a system. That's what this felt like. But it's launch software three years in. I mean, the Wii U yeah. is, is, is hitting that birthday. When was the last game in that series? Mario Tennis was on 3DS. It yeah. was on 3DS. So it's not like 2012, but maybe? but it's it's also the gap hasn't been that large that you're like you forgot what that experience feels like as somebody who's a fan of that franchise, right? Like mm-hmm. it's still very fresh in your mind, and so when you're seeing the graphics, you're like, oh, that's cool, it's an upgrade, and then. Yeah, I didn't like the I didn't like the super mushroom stuff. Like, I don't think the it mega actually mushroom. mega mushroom. I don't think it it adds very much I didn't to like that it. Either, yeah. Go go with it, Callie. What what are your thoughts so far? Like um, having played uh, some of it. Yeah, I I pretty much agree with you that it it's fine. Like I, I could play it, but I didn't. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like how it felt. Actually, like I yeah. I played a little bit, and I wasn't crazy about. It. I played tons of tennis on sixty four. Mm-hmm. Like, tons of that game, mm-hmm. and I just. This one was pretty, and I just didn't really see what else about it. Like, what? Why am? I, why would I play this instead of just? 
going home and playing the game that I love, you know? Yeah. And then also I heard Marty say that Rosalina feels the same as... Uh, Bowser. As Bowser. And I wanted to point out that Rosalina is always a heavy character, mm-hmm. the same way Bowser is. So mm-hmm. I would understand if they felt the same. So yeah. I don't know if that's fair. Um, yeah, but yeah, if all yeah. the characters, like if a lighter character, if Peach feels the same as Bowser, that's super weird. Um, mm-hmm. So I need to ask him about that. I need to try that out more. Yeah, yeah I think that there's subtle differences. Um, it's like when I when I finished my PlayStation, I didn't play anywhere as as much as Marty did, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've, you've reviewed the game, so you played a lot of single player. I played multiplayer, which is where it's at with Mario Tennis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I did play a little single player as well. Um, and it was just, uh, I, I, I walked away, I'm like, eh. Yeah. You know, and like in the kind of the list of games I'd play, including games on Wii U, I would rather go back to playing Mario Kart Splatoon and any of these other games and Mario mm-hmm. Maker. Like Mario Tennis just feels like there isn't a lot of there is there isn't a very compelling reason to well, play. Exactly. Like it doesn't have a it exactly. doesn't have a campaign yeah. or a tournament mode that makes you feel like you're actually investing time to do something. Well, yeah. right? Whereas yeah. when uh, Splatoon launched, you know there was a, a lack of content there, but there was the promise of more content. Like right up front, they were mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, over the next coming weeks, we're going to roll out maps, we're going to roll out weapons, we're going to roll out." Uh, excuse me. Uh, party matchmaking, we're going to roll out all of these things over time, not even including <clears throat> game balance changes. Well, Mario Tennis got none of that. Yeah. But it's, Splatoon, it's a Spartan package that seems like it's going to stay that way. Mm-hmm. And, and Splatoon, of course, has the entire kind of like the, you you want to get your character ranking up and right. you want to, you know, you, you have this kind of Definite progression built in yeah. that I feel like it's much more clearly, yeah. yeah, but it's much more clearly defined. And then there is a single player campaign that is quite meaty, is still in, mm-hmm. in Splatoon, yeah. But Splatoon's single player campaign, like months away afterwards, and I mean, it came up in the re review for it, but it is very much a one and done. Like for me, a meaty campaign is one that you end up going back to because you want to do certain things or you want to try different things. And mm-hmm. I was very much in disagreement that Splatoon's stuff to try again was locked behind Amiibo. Like, I thought that was that was pretty poor at launch. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to be fair, there is progression in Mario Tennis in the Amiibo game where you're training an Amiibo to play with you. But uh, I was able to observe, and even through some of my own, like, play, but I was watching Marty do it too. And your partner, you know, you have to go through the steps where your partner is not good. And at mm-hmm. first, like, with Smash Brothers, you see the improvements happening rapidly. Like, over the course of two or three matches, you start to really see signs of intelligent life whereas in mario tennis those signs don't show up for a while and so it was marty basically being the ball hog running back and forth going i got it i got it i got it and that's that's pretty much what it he looked like to me would but sound exactly like that too yeah thanks i've been working <laughs> on that marty. yeah but uh yeah but in mario tennis you also don't have the benefit of this being a unique and new feature, right? Like mm-hmm. when Smash Brothers came out, we're, we're all asking, how will you use Amiibo with this game? It was a cool idea to have mm-hmm. these trainable figures. You know, in the end, I just like, for me, it did not become a, a true meta game where I wanted to keep on playing. But mm-hmm. um, but in Mario Tennis, it just feels like it's it's that again, but it's also not as fun to watch as a Smash Brothers sure. match. I, but you know? it's online. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I do think that there was something cool there where on day one that was there versus like when you got your Amiibo with Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers doesn't have them do that, uh, yeah. at least when it came out. That's true. Um, so there, there are little things like that. But yeah, unfortunately, before we continue going on for more than what seems to be almost 10 minutes of this, um, yep, Mario Tennis, 
definite pass. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely, you know, it, it, it's kind of unfortunate to see, but at the end of the day, that's where that game is. And um, the, yeah. Just for the dad angle, you know, I think. Oh I, yeah, I did had, your kids play? No, I had I had fun playing with my with my kids, and they enjoyed their time playing it. They did not ask to play it again, which is <laughs> which that's, is always no. It's always a, a sign, sign, right? That's they, very yeah. telling. They also remember it's like it's my house Terraria, is at Disneyland or yeah. video games, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there's always something else beckoning f- for yeah. your attention, and this game didn't break through. That said, it's not like I didn't walk away saying, "Oh, this game is terrible" or anything. Mm. I was just like, "It's very much paint by numbers. The mechanics are sound. It's fun. If you've never played a Mario tennis game, it's a fun tennis game. There's no question about it. But you're not going to be engaged in kind of like a a progressive campaign or like don't don't think it's like a a FIFA game or something where you actually have investment in a team and mm-hmm. you want to stick with it. Yeah, or even a character investment, like you mm-hmm. know, sort of seeing that character grow and change. Like you're supposed to try and get that through. Amiibo, but as we said, not not entirely the best way to do it. Right. All right. Let's move on to Animal Crossing mm. Amiibo Festival, which Callie reviewed. I did. Um, this is also on the site today. This is the next game that's trying to integrate Amiibo in a, I want to say in a in a deeper way than maybe a lot of Nintendo's other games have. It's right. not just you, unlockable costumes. You These can also train pieces. them. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. you can train them and you get unlockable outfits and that's pretty cute because Animal Crossing is adorable. Um, But uh, they also do function in the game and I think basically there's a main board game Mm -hmm. and there's eight mini games and uh, the mini games incorporate amiibo cards um, whereas the main board game has the physical amiibo that are like your game pieces and you tap in and you go around the board and it's cute and but the mini games, like some of them incorporate amiibo cards in the worst ways, and I just hated it. It was so clunky. Mm. It was really, I, it hurt my entire heart and soul to give that game the score I gave it. Yeah. it what because, did you give it? I gave it a five, yeah. which is mediocre. Yeah. Not quite bad. Yeah. I thought that it had good ideas. I thought, like, the uh, stock market integration, if you're familiar with Animal Crossing, so the stock market is, that is fantastic. And that's part I, of the board game. That's part of the main board folks. game, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And, that was awesome. I loved that because it made me feel like, oh, this isn't just up to a die roll. I can kind of strategize. Like wealth begets wealth in that board game, and it actually gave me kind of an incentive well, and, to try. And risk taking has yeah. uh, sort of positives and negatives. Yeah, which is yeah. something I thought was very cool. To explain very, it, very you good. can buy. You know, at the start of of the week uh, on Sunday, you can buy turnips. You know, just like an Animal Crossing. Joan and comes then through. The Joan. value changes throughout the week. Like you can decide how many you buy, and then the value of the turnips changes. Yeah. Uh, um, depending on certain events, like this, the market can crash. Yeah. And you see the yeah. value of the turnips on the fields you land on, and you can decide to, like if you land on a field where the value is high, you can then sell. Sell, yeah. sell, Or you can sell. say, hey, I'm going to wait till the last possible minute and hope yeah. I get a good one, but the market can also crash. And that was a really smart element of that game. Super smart. I thought, yeah, because, you know, in regular Animal Crossing, the prices are just different every day. It's not like a And they're mar- different in other people's towns. Yeah, yeah, and so basically people on Twitter would be like, Turnips are 300 bells in my town. Come sell. Um, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but in, in this, it's like you have to make sure, number one, that you get a good die roll and land on a good space. That or use a, a dice card, use, yeah, right? You get, which you um, dice cards. Strategy. Which I, I didn't get as many as I would have liked to. It's kind of hard to get them because you have to land on a correct space in order to get one. Sometimes. Oh, I got, I got plenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it definitely it's, it's became a strategy. You got, you got way luckier yeah. than yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a huge element of luck, but also you know you land on the space with a good price. And my my whole thing was okay. I can get a modest profit, but then there's the risk of the market might crash, but it also might get way better. Mm. And then I'm I'm screwed because the NPCs are just going to sell, sell, sell right away. And I loved that. I loved the 
like I'd really have to sit there and think like, okay, how much I've invested a lot of bells in these turnips and mm-hmm. and now I'm just gonna sell them for like a hundred bells and it'll be fine. Um, uh, so that I think was really fantastic. Yeah. I think the rest it can of the be board, a game changer for someone who is it, very yeah. you know who risks a lot. Yeah, and that happened when well, I was playing I also with my kids. It was very smart how they integrated that when people visit town, it does change the way the board game plays and the mm-hmm. way the flow sort of takes over. Because like yeah. if Katrina comes out, for example, you have a chance at meeting with her, getting a card that impacts how you gain happiness. So the, the point of the game is you want to be the happiest person in the village. And that's yeah. so sweet. It is incredibly cute. Yeah. And uh, the idea is that two ways to get happiness, either by landing on squares and you know gaining happiness that way, or at the end of or the losing game. It. If yeah. you, or losing it. Yeah. But at the end of the game, the money you have for every thousand, yes. you get one happiness point. Yes. So it also helps to basically build up a small fortune of bells, mm-hmm. p- test and and play around with the market uh, on, on stock market. Mm-hmm. And then you have these characters who who visit every day because yeah. the way this board game is played is it takes place over a month. Now, if you don't want to sit there for the hour it takes to go through one play session, they tell you to speed it up. You can go you can time limit 30 it. minutes, yeah. 45 minutes. I like, too, that if you put a time limit on the game and the game is getting interesting, they offer, hey, do you want 10 more minutes? Yeah. yeah. We did that. The first, the first time I played it, I put a time limit on it. And then I was like, no, 10 more minutes. No, 10 yeah. more minutes. And I kept playing. Um, and so I thought that was really strong. And I love that they incorporate you know, something that's very true to Animal Crossing, having people come visit your town, and that changes the way that day goes in a mm-hmm. normal Animal Crossing game. And in this board game, it changes how that day is played out yeah, in the board yeah. game. So I thought that was very clever. Um, I did think there wasn't enough depth to the board game to keep me playing beyond a couple playthroughs. Yeah. <laughs> I've been on that podcast once, and so I'm not used to that yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you totally yeah, me. I totally you derailed, derailed you. I'm yeah, so sorry, thanks. but it didn't it didn't <laughs> call much. you back. It, it's once I'd played it a couple times, I was like, you know, I've pretty much seen everything uh, that I need to see. I think maybe if I'd done every month once, I would have seen something new. So, so I did uh, November, December, August, and April were like my the big ones that I tried out for an extended period of time, like a full playthrough, and. August was really cool because in August in Animal Crossing you have the fireworks show yep. every Sunday and or Saturday I forget and um, it's Sunday yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I should know that that's okay <laughs> played so much Animal Crossing it's it's really really great and you um, you know it's just having that uh, that spirit of Animal Crossing always present made me more engaged um, and then I moved on to the mini games and some of them I really liked and some of them I the, really did not the balloon thing is cool right like first of all for people who are not following this game it is a board game and yes. not the way Mario Party is a board game no. it is a board game it's a better board game than screen. it is a video like game. you yes. are not fighting with anybody between rounds no. or competing you're no. literally just rolling the die and what they try to do is they try to connect the digital and the real world the die the um, rolling the dice is done by you know using your amiibo and putting mm-hmm. it on the on the NFC uh, spot basically which is it's kind of it's a cute idea try, trying to make you feel like more of a physical game but it's also a little irritating it because is. when you're playing with four players you have to pass around the game pad for yes. the only reason to do this kind of stuff and yeah. like it would be much more convenient to have your own controller and stuff but the mini games are really weird because you whip out a card Card. put it on the NFC field to do what a button would do yeah Yeah. to do something a button button would do this this. so some of them didn't incorporate the amiibo cards like that and those were my favorites so uh, the quiz show if you play it single player doesn't do that if you play it 
with more than one person, it does, and it has this weird spotlight thing, and it there's a lot going on if you play. You'll with break a card person. if you do it wrong. Yeah, like, I'm not like, kidding. You're both bend, rushing for the same spot. You'll bend your you card. And someone else. I thought that was a mistake. The yeah. single player, you don't have to touch it at all, which is great. Yeah. Uh, the there's like a mystery campers game, which is like Mastermind. If you've ever played yep. Mastermind, it's like a logic puzzle board game. It's exactly like that, except just super cute um and i liked that one because i like logic puzzle games and uh the last one i really liked was island escape which is kind of nintendo's take on a survival genre Mm -hmm. so you're trying to get off this island in seven days and i i never had this problem because it wasn't too hard so i never ran out of food but i was wondering how are they going to deal with you running out of food do you die you don't die in animal crossing what do you do so I, I really liked that one. I thought that one was a lot of fun. It's resource mm-hmm. management. It's, uh, you know, trying to coordinate with the different amiibo cards. And I like this integration is if you have a lot of amiibo cards, you can kind of strategize with your three animal team. Like, oh, this animal has a cool ability that. So I, I had one card where the ability was like the it was a rhino and she would just charge forward until she couldn't go forward anymore. And it was really cool because you get all these items. And so it, there were smart integrations. And then the whack-a-mole one was whack. Because it's whack-a-mole, <laughs> but each station is rock, paper, scissor. And you have to actually pay attention before you whack if it wins. <laughs> but you have the tiniest window to figure that out. Yeah. So I, so I, I want to meet It's a like, bad rock, paper, scissors. It's, it's not bad, well, well created. Yeah. yeah. So I, I had, you know, I'm sitting on my sofa, right? I have my gamepad on my lap. And I'm trying to do this. The game. I'm like dropping my gamepad on yeah. the floor trying to do it. I did not. It was like an that example where that physical aspect does not work well mm-hmm. with a game because you're trying to pay attention to like three well, different and th- things. And that game yeah. works better if it's split among three people. That doesn't ha- like. I feel like uh, the big story for me with this game is that it shows the weakness of only having one controller mm-hmm. that supports Amiibo. Right. Yeah. If you did the quiz show, if you did rock paper scissors, if you did a couple of the other modes, which they're not coming to be, even the board game itself, if each person was just tapping their thing to their controller, to me, that alleviates a huge amount of stress in that game. I agree. So, by the way, I really liked the balloon game, which was, Mm -hmm. like all of these mini games, they would make perfect standalone mobile games if they had some depth. All of them feel like freaking iPhone games. I and would, they, they could be really popular because yeah. of the characters and mm. the I mean each one of them could be they could be freemium games and they would totally yeah. work yep. the um, the balloon one you're putting a card down and that whatever character is on the card will be summoned at the top with a bunch of balloons and like the heavier characters will have more balloons holding them off, up than the, the cats for example it's really cute the it's, way it's done again yeah. Yeah. the moment you remove the card the, the balloons will pop and the character will fall mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then the character will bounce off a whole bunch of balloons like a reverse version of Breakout almost mm-hmm. yeah before landing on an island or in the water if you land in the water nope. yeah. bad and luck, the island no is separated into three platforms the highest point is worth the most points yep. and then yeah. the smaller but, the areas that fan out are worth less so my daughter and I played it and like the, the card integration after the initial ooh I will do all cats or I'll do elephants or whatever after that it wears off and it mm-hmm. really just becomes a weird physical integration but the game itself is really fun it's like yeah. it really shows just how clever Nintendo is even with mini games yeah I would really have liked to see some of these just on mobile um individually as mini games yeah. um, like I would play the heck out of that island game if it was just on my phone I'd play it every morning on the train to work I really liked I liked the camping one too because it's not something I want to sit down in front of my TV and play right. for an hour I want to play it for 10 minutes um, I was so uh, it, it really confounded me when I saw those games I'm like they're your freaking mobile games they're mobile you games you could have had them this year yeah this is this package does not work it doesn't so. work it doesn't work on the Wii U yeah. and, and especially because of the format I felt like 
once I'd played all of the modes, and this is this is my big drawback and why it kind of earned the score it did, is once I played each of the games a couple times, I felt like I had mastered them, and I it doesn't fit the format because I'm like, I, I have no reason to pick this up, to, to sit down in front of my TV, turn on my console, and play through this for any extended period of time because I've done everything, basically. So that's where, where I ended up, and again, like daddy here, right, with mm-hmm. three kids, we played it like we would play a board game. Mm. And like, you know, the, the the turnip thing is really cool in that, you know, the prize, the, the price of the turnips is, di- turnips is displayed on the board and it does a lot of work for you. But everything that board game does, a physical tabletop game can do. Yeah. There are modifiers, mm. there are indicators that sure. would help you even with, with a, a turnip selling thing. Like all of that can work in a board game. And so ultimately, I had fun playing it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I went in, I'm like, oh man, there are not going to be any like mini game challenges in between rounds is going to be boring Mm -hmm. and then we set the timer for 30 minutes I'm like all right, I'll just play for 30 minutes with the kids and then all right, 10 more minutes 10 more minutes we kept on playing because it was fun yeah I did have fun fun. initially but then when I sit down I'm like would I choose that over a physical board game and the answer is clearly no yeah and there, there is the figurines are so cool, the Animal Crossing ones. I They're always wish it was a board game. Yeah, yeah like yeah, it would no. actually make much more uh, uh, much more sense. So they are the, the best uh, amiibo I think they've made. But oh, it's yeah. weird to me to be at this conversation because I honestly enjoyed this game, I think, more than you both did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not from the minigame standpoint. I thought a lot of the minigames were very throwaway. But I yeah. thought the board game, the way it's captured and presented, I think is Single very, player or multi? Multiplayer. Okay. No, multiplayer yeah, yeah. and single player. Like, I honestly, when you said you don't have a reason to really take this out again, I actually do. I mm-hmm. think, you know, when my roommates say, hey, we want to play this board game, I I would be totally like, oh, yeah, no, let's do it. Do you have other board games in the house? We do have other board okay. games in the house. Yeah, we have Pandemic. We have Life. That's we a good have, uh, I mean, we have also card games. But um, I will admit it is not a great video game. And I think no, that's its that's biggest problem. Issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. It's but a fun board game, of, but in, in, and it is a fun board game. Yeah. But I do feel that, and this is something we glossed over. But the daily events that happen every time you land I, on a square yeah. in, in the board game, an event pops up that is in very much an Animal Crossing way, and you can picture a card doing the same effect. But seeing it on screen, hearing the the silly mm-hmm. like Animal Crossing sounds the from sound the yeah. to yeah. to someone like just clapping endlessly, yeah. that stuff to me still really works. I just yes. wish they had figured out more ways to make it feel mm-hmm. like a better video game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I just it, this is one of the few I, times where I feel like I disagree. Like I feel like it, it was actually okay. I, I mean, like there there have been experiments with trying to tie you know audio and video to board games, and a lot of them are really cheesy, right? Yeah, like there they were VHS based board mm-hmm. game combos. There's one of my favorites from uh, Milton Bradley was Dark Tower. That was a game where you had this rotating pillar that would bring up events and play music and mm-hmm. sound effects, like a dragon would appear. Mm-hmm. Those were really really cool, and I feel like. Almost this is trying to be that, and it could have worked if it had a beautiful board and with these amazing figures. If the gamepad was the center attraction of that board, it could have totally worked and added something that other board games don't have, mm-hmm. namely that that kind of character coming alive. The presentation, yeah. Um, but but few people would buy that. It's fussy, right? It's an I completely it's an agree. investment. Yeah. No. So I understand why they didn't do that. And but ultimately, that's why I walk away. Why I walk away from this game in the end and say it wasn't that successful is there. We have a lot of board games and we play those over this. Sure. Um, uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a good and fun board game. Yeah. But it's not one yeah. of the best. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't have a lot of reason to go back to it. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. I I enjoyed it. Like I didn't. I wasn't bored my whole time. Whoa! I, 
board. All right, keep going. I've made that pun several times puns. about yeah, this. Yeah. Sure. Jose. <laughs> I'm partly to blame. Too much board. No, stop. All right, keep going. Uh, no, um, it's not like I didn't enjoy it. I think that the appeal wore out really fast for me, and that's why I didn't mm. um, like it as much. Like, if I... I, this isn't fair for a criticism. Like, I didn't include this in the review for a reason. Um, but I know my much younger self would have gone crazy for this game. Really? Because I loved board games growing up, and I didn't really have anybody to play them with. And you can play a lot of this single player, and I know I would have really liked that if I was, you know, eight and had this game. Like, that That would have yeah, really and been I do, great and for And me. I do think there's an audience that will pick the, this and, up and, like, yeah, run with I, it and well, have a great too, time right? They're yeah. kids, and then... Drinking game. Let's not forget. I, it. Yeah, so sure. it is the drinking game factor. Cup, we haven't tried that yet. I yeah. I have well, I plans. I have plans to try that with Andrew Goldfarb. It's gonna be great. Nice. Um, Good. Yeah. So I, I think there's an audience. Like I, I, people think that a five is like a super bad score. On our scale, it's mediocre. And I think that was appropriate for how I felt about this game. I don't think it's throwaway. I don't. I don't think that there's no place for it. Thought went into this game. There's no question about yes, it. Yes, and for the, sure. the details are excellent. And for an Animal Crossing fan, it was delightful for me mm-hmm. to go through and see all of that. And I loved the quiz show. Shocked you got stumped by the quiz show. I, the Callie quiz show, is the like she knows more about Animal Crossing than U.S. history. I think. Yeah, I know so much about Animal Sorry, Crossing and the just, quiz I had show. To. No, I mean like I don't know that much. I was really bad at history. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, yeah, I. That, that quiz show is hard. Yeah. It is super hard. And that'll be a fun drinking game, mm-hmm. I bet. Sweet. So, yeah. So, I mean, don't think that a five is completely panning it. People are like, wow, you really trashed this game. And I'm like, no, I did not trash this game. Mm-hmm. Five is is a five. It's not a glowing recommendation. No, it's not. I'm not like, yeah, go out and... Yeah. All right. And on out. that note. Yeah. Don't pick, yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. But it's. Right, uh, no, but good job. And, uh, you I'm, know. I'm looking. It's one of those games where I'm happy it exists. Like, it's mm-hmm. good that we get these experiments. I do have a feeling it, too, is suffering from the kind of we need a game right now mm-hmm. um, yeah. factor. But this is the closest we've come to a game that Amiibo is absolutely required. And we've talked mm-hmm. about this on the yeah, show. But not, like when, but not really, right? But not really, but it, it still is. Like, don't, forget you're not really. Like, yeah. this, is, this is what they sent, this is what they shipped. It replaces yeah. this is pressing a button in a way. It yeah. does, For the most part. This is Nintendo's Amiibo game. It's right? a tactile. Like, let's, let's not pretend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, honestly, it would have been cooler if there was a Bluetooth die when you roll it, the game would automatically know what, what you rolled. That is a smart integration with a digital board game. What it felt like is just a, we got to come up with a reason why you have this toy in your hand and to make sure that you keep it with you. That's what it felt like to me. That's okay. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I definitely will say um, if, if this is the representation of what Nintendo's Amiibo knowledge will give us so far, Sadly, it's a it's a it's a bad one, and yep. it's a sad one. Um, yeah. Even though I thought it was a lot more enjoyable, I would still say that from the perspective of someone who has been exposed to more toys to life this year, with like Disney Infinity, which mm-hmm. we talked about on the show, Lego, um, you with Lego, mm-hmm. yeah, I just feel like this is not um, the best example of what I think could be done with it. Yeah. Also, though, to be fair, and I don't think this has anything to do with it, but I think it is worth saying, is that Animal Crossing has never been a traditional series by any stretch yeah. of the mm-hmm. imagination. Yeah. So to turn it into something that's non-traditional to me just feels like it is in that vein. Uh, but again, yeah. it didn't really work out. You don't want to yeah. punish yeah. something for what it's not, and I think it does do what the normal Animal Crossing series does and, and mm-hmm. you know, take something that doesn't... When you describe it to someone, you're like... 
why is that fun? When I describe Animal Crossing oh, yeah. to people, they're always like, why do you even like that? And I'm like, I don't, I can't explain it. I have so much love for this series, and that's why the review hurt me. Um, but it was, <laughs> yeah, that little Animal Crossing animation of like the, the little sad cloud, That's that was me the whole time. Yeah. Um, but I just, if they ported it to mobile, like that, I would re-review it. Like that, that is a totally different. The mini games, not the yeah, whole. The thing. mini games, not the board yeah, game. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, so. Just want to help you out. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Make it a physical anyway. board game. Let's uh, let's collect our thoughts. Come back and talk a little bit of Xenoblade and some question block. We'll be right back. We'll collect our thoughts. Jose Otero here with Pear Schneider and Callie Puggy. Hello. Uh-huh. And let's lead this off with some Xenoblade talk. Xenoblade Chronicles X is coming up. I am working on the review. Uh, at least two of us have played it. Callie, did you get to? A little bit. A little okay, bit, yeah. cool, cool. All right. Um, so I am I am many hours in. And you played the Japanese version before I did. to the best of your abilities, I right? I did to the best yeah. of my abilities for like 20 hours, believe yep. it or not. Like, okay. It did not bother wow. me to like run around and try in vain to get a skull and ultimately fail <laughs> miserably. Uh, yeah, you got to read that kanji. But um, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I will say that uh, in if you played Xenosaga, if you played uh, Xenogears, one of the common threads with this series is just this very epic tone and epic feel. And even Xenoblade mm-hmm. Chronicles, the one mm-hmm. on Wii, just big scale, large scale things happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a galactic level, even um, you know, and, and you're tossed into this hostile world, and I feel like the world itself is a very fun place to explore. The only thing I'm worried about, and it's very fun to run around, and the only thing I'm worried about right now is that without the online, because I've played the Japanese one with online, mm-hmm. there's there are not a ton of discoveries to be made in mm-hmm. the early part of the game, and it's incredibly chatty, as RPGs tend to be. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. RPGs have a lot to tell you right. at the start of any RPG, right? Like, why are you here? What is the world? Yeah. Yeah. What are we up against? And, and the there's the side effect of being translated from Japanese, right? Where, mm-hmm. like, it is, you, you can scan a line of text much faster in Japanese, yes. and so the constant, like, oh, are you now? Yes, I am. Are you really? Kind of, like, weird filler band that mm-hmm. in English doesn't work works well in Japanese. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like, um, and and it's funny because you feel this cross cultural or this attempt to, with any localized game, sort of try to make sense of some of um, stuff that to some degree feels very Japanese. Like I found this side quest where I had a rival mm-hmm. who I didn't even know who he was, and you kind of look at him as like, "What do you mean I'm your rival? Like <laughs> I, I don't even know who you are." And it sets off this long quest line where you basically have to accomplish three tasks to earn his respect and then once you've earned his respect you run off on a mission together and you gain his respect Mm -hmm. each affinity mission feels like a little almost like a bite-sized like episode of like an anime or something like some big robot survival anime where it's like there's conflict there's resolution there's what's the next thing on the horizon Mm -hmm. it's not presented in that way but it very much feels that way like Mm -hmm. just small like bite-sized like narrative wise yeah I've noticed that this game it it feels very much like a mech anime in a lot of ways and you can see that influence there and so I I like that aspect Mm -hmm. Um, but does it 
I mean, you mentioned like it's kind of almost monster of the week is what it sounds like to me from what you said. Um, like, oh, we re- resolve this thing and now we go on to the well, next Well, and it's not thing. always a monster. Sometimes well, it's the, like that I mean weird the, rival thing. I mean the thing. trope mm-hmm. of monster. Yeah, no, it, it, it feels incredibly uh, tropey at some degree. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely, I, I do like uh, some of the voice acting, but it feels stiff. Mm-hmm. I have to be honest with you guys. Like in, in, uh, well, in cut scenes, there's that very like, and I, so we're going to talk about, and even though maybe the voice acting is very well delivered and all of that. Well, that's because we're yeah. so used to seeing these big open world games and RPGs with mocap, right? Like you mm. see lifelike actors, you know, you look at games right now like Tomb Raider. Fallout actually looks very stiff, too. Yeah, Fallout's another you know, one. It, has, yeah. it yeah. has that challenge, too. But, you know, certainly in the RPG genre now, there are more games, um, too, with, with more natural movements, you know, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy, all those games. Um so yeah, it looks very stiff. The world is beautiful. I mm-hmm. mean, the some of the kind of the like lighting and everything looks really beautiful. It's huge. Yeah. The world is humongous. There's there's some really big creatures in that world, but it also feels a little you know, adding to that stiffness is that the th- the things don't interact very much with yeah, each other, with each right? Other. Like, yeah. and I think that's where initially when you see it, it's not going to be like Red Dead Redemption or you know any mm-hmm. any of these games where you're like oh, or Grand Theft Auto where you walk in, you see all this traffic and like people talking to each other or animals running around. It's not like that. It's a little bit more like going to a theme park, you know, where the animals are like stationary and doing stuff. Do you get that sense too? Like, no, this, I do. This is level of artifice, but you get. Yeah. drawn in by that world and by the characters in the quest yeah mm-hmm. and even when I do see some off um, some unexpected interactions so for example I watched a, a big dog like creature which it looked like they were feasting on something I wasn't mm-hmm. quite sure because it was I was trying to stay away because the other thing that happens really fast sometimes is you go wandering off and you end up surrounded by level 30, 40, yeah. 50, yeah. and you're like, Don't pick a fight oh, with no. something that's big. <laughs> I learned that fast. Yes. And you're just hey, there elephant. like, whoa. Yeah. Like, whoa. all of a sudden, you're surrounded by elephants, and you're wondering, mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. real elephants, I mean, yeah. just in terms of scale. Space and you're elephants. saying to yourself, like, oh, my goodness. Like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. But I really want to explore this nook because I know that there's a meranium vein here, which these are resource points that you have to set up probes. And the minute you set up probes, you're, you're basically setting up an economy that you're mm-hmm. going to then take those resources and dump them into weapons development, mm-hmm. dump them into resources and other other places. Oh, I um, love everything about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, that part is really cool. Mm. But unlike, you know, maybe a Fallout or maybe uh, mm. even a, a, a Metal Gear, you don't really, or even Witcher, like, and, and whatever, like, this is an RPG, but feel free to correct me, guys, but you, I, I feel like you don't tumble down rabbit holes. Mm. Like, this year, I, one of my favorite side quests happened in The Witcher, which is an action RPG, to be mm-hmm. fair. It's not straight-up RPG. But I, sh- I found this side quest where I had to help someone out mm-hmm. um, because his daughter was cursed and she was going yep. to die. And then you stumble upon this village where you find out, okay, the thing that's trying to kill his daughter was a bride-to-be who was violated and killed. And, right. you, and I'm not saying that I want the same story arc, but I'm saying that it was a rabbit hole that got deeper and deeper yeah. and deeper. Yeah. And the, the, the finite part was the most interesting. The yeah. Bethesda games do that really well, too. They do. Right? Like yeah. where you find out somebody is possessed and lives in a dream and you go into that dream. You're like, why is this Shit here? Yeah. Like, yeah, they have this. <laughs> yeah, and the way uh-huh. Xenoblade presents a lot of its side quests that doesn't seem to really exist, yeah. you know, like stumbling they, upon discoveries. So they that start way. and end. They don't, yes. don't kind of fall into them. Because I remember when I was playing Skyrim, like I 
I got so, so far into the quests and barely yeah. touched the story because I just kept finding a new thing and finding a new For thing. Sure. And you want to, um, like, if somebody says, can you help me, you can't say no, right? Yeah, yeah. of course. You have to yeah, be nice. Of course. I have uh, 500 I'm, quests, but I'll add you to the list. I can't be me. I'll I be right there next year. Just 80 <laughs> yeah. hours. Hold just on. stay alive for yeah, yeah, 80, 80 more hours, hours of this game. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go I, get that silver thing. I can't be mean in a, yeah. in a game. It's really hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but, but you this, initiate when they happen. Like, right. you'll, you'll find these points in the world where it's like, hey, this is an affinity quest. And mm. they warn you. They'll say, if you take this, there are specific, like, side quests that you do, subquests, and then there are affinity missions, which are meant to sort of just build up reputation mm-hmm. or, or get you on better terms with different people or yeah. introduce you to new potential party members. And that's cool. But they warn you, if you take this affinity mission, you cannot do a story mission until you are done with this. You also cannot add people to your party until mm-hmm. you are done with this. And at first, uh, I was like, oh. No, no. My first thought is, thank you. Yeah. Really? Because, yeah, okay. So I have this thing with games okay, go. where – I get really like frozen, like paralyzed about making the wrong choice, oh. and that impedes me a, a lot of times when I'm playing mm-hmm. a, like Mass a Effect, super, like character yeah, sacrifice, yeah, that kind like, of thing. Like I'll just be like, "Did I do the right thing?" And uh-huh. I'll get, I'll get really, fr- and I'll, I, it's really bad. But I'll, I'll save and then I'll reset, and I, or I won't save and I'll reset and I'll do the same mission a bunch of times yep. to do that. I. I'm wow. really bad about that, um, and I'm trying to get better. But it's, it's hard. So if I get a warning, like remember, you can't, you, you can't change your party. You get, do that first. Yeah, be yeah. ready. I'd be yeah. like, okay, cool. So you're cool. you're actually more of a fan of a little bit more of a kind of a guided hand. Yeah, because that's the no. thing. It feels like a railroad See, when that happens, and it, I'm like, ah, in I don't a, know in, about a this. in a huge game, it helps to have a little bit of structure. Although I agree, though. I. I wouldn't say it's better or worse than another format. Like, because I, I just said I loved Skyrim. I loved going down that mm-hmm. quest yeah. rabbit hole. So, with, but then 60 hours in, I was like, I invested in the wrong skills. Oh, and so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and that happens in like games like Fallout or Witcher yeah, often, where you're just like, oh, I studied the wrong pump up luck. I still don't know what I studied the wrong major. I learned the wrong major. I actually did <laughs> do that in college. <laughs> in college, I was like, I am in the wrong track. Like halfway through, yeah. I was like, no. So, um, yeah. So I appreciate both. Like I think both yeah. are great. So I, I like so, that in a game that's yeah. you loaded up a 100 hour save and new. Things were happening. Yeah, that is kind of nice. It gives me a little bit of peace to know it, that I'll get a little help. This particular affinity mission, though, didn't have a happy ending for me because, oh. uh, well, and I'm not whatever. This, this, I, I'm going to take full blame for this, and I want to put this out as full disclosure because I want people to hear about this situation and get your feedback on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I signed up for the affinity mission. I said yes. I was like, all right, whatever. Like I, I I'll get this done. And then one of the three things they wanted me to do was very difficult to do. It was it required me to earn. So basically, when you set up these Meranium veins and you set up these probes, you're getting a daily income from them. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So let's let let let's uh, let, let's look at this. Basically, they wanted your daily income to exceed three thousand. Uh, mm-hmm. Was was uh, was the requ- prerequisite. Which means you need a lot of meridian veins. So guess what I was doing? Running around like crazy mm-hmm. trying to find Is there a time limit to? Oh, no. There wasn't a time okay. limit to it. I could take as long as I want. Yeah. And if I didn't want to work on that mission or I wanted to work on smaller side missions, I could 
set a different mission as my main mission. Okay, and so focus it's on progressive, that. yeah. Okay. So it is progressive. Uh-huh. But one of the things that occurred to me is that it was taking so long to build the affinity. I felt like I had, I just wanted to get back to story. I didn't want to do this. Mm. And there was no way to quit the affinity mission. You uh-huh. cannot you abandon a, the quest. You can't abandon it? It will always be in your queue. Any mission you bring up, you can't get rid of. Uh, they just sit is there a until you feel like Does it block it. anything? I don't think it's terrible, but in the Affinity Missions case, it does block story progress. Ah, which to me, it's like, that's... why? Like, why? Why? Ah, like, I, it, it hurt. <laughs> like, to the point where, like, my progress kind of got halted. Mm. However, I don't want to take out on the game. to make commitments now, man. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. it taught me 100% not, uh, to, to think don't, about. Don't yeah. take quests lightly. The affinity, yeah. Jose. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it taught me that affinity quests are, are not to be sneezed at. Yeah. I got that part. <laughs> but um, it does make me sort of wary of, okay, well, I really just want to focus on story. And there are different prerequisites for getting the chapters to continue moving forward. And so I'm trying to keep my eyes on that. Basically, what I'm trying to say is I don't want to take it out on this game that I'm on a time crunch to play it. And so mm. I'm trying to speed, all right? So I, right. I get that affinity missions, variety, the submissions, they're all part of this big ecosystem of things to do. And I appreciate that they're there. But I, it did bug me that by accepting this affinity thing, I'm locked out of this story stuff. Well, but that's not just a problem for a reviewer who wants to progress in the story. That's, to me, that's a pacing issue too, right? Sure. If I'm locked into a certain mission. That's why I liked, you know, Grand Theft Auto. The last Grand Theft Auto I thought was brilliant in that it had three characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This was one of the few GTAs that I actually played to the end because whenever I would get bored with one of the storylines, I'd jump to another one. Yeah. I'd go mm-hmm. to Trevor and do mm-hmm. some stuff. Yeah. I thought that was really clever. And, like, there's some games where you're locked in a path where you just got to do something that you don't want to do at that point in time. And so mm-hmm. more flexibility in this, those cases is yeah. good, not just for reviewers, but for everyone. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and there are a ton of variables to this game, and I think that's really cool. There are a ton of weapons, a ton of things dropping, a ton of resources where you can drop things. Um, quests are very specific. Hmm. Like yeah. there was this one quest where I have to kill um, a tyrant. So a tyrant is... Take any monster, but it's sort of a beefed up version. So let's say I'm a level 13 and you're a level 13 mm-hmm. tyrant like you are in real life. You're a tougher <laughs> monster to kill. That tyrant because, money. Yeah, that tyrant money. <laughs> you're a tougher monster when to kill. When the shoe fits. So, so I have to make be extra careful in our fight. But yeah. there, for example, there's one tyrant. He only comes out at this one lake when it rains. That's my wife. So whenever it's raining, I have second guess and go, should I run for that lake? I might get there in time. Oh. And each time, so when I first fast traveled, I got there and the rain had stopped, so I was like, crap. So then another time, um, I was nearby, but uh, I ran for it. I finally decided, man, it's been raining for an hour. Let me run over there. Ran there the minute I got there, the raining stopped. No. So I haven't <laughs> caught this guy, but uh-huh. I do like that there is a sense of, okay, some of this stuff is only a certain time of day. I think they could do a little bit of a better job of, of indicating where or when like or reminding you a, yeah. about some of this stuff like it just kind of sits in your quest log unless you set it as your your main quest which is a good w- system like mm-hmm. i don't want to i don't want to poo poo on that i think that's yeah. fine but uh yeah i just wish that my other subquests would be sort of happening in the background sometimes as well like stuff that's more like kill related uh the gathering stuff can be clueless too because i'm like where do i get this thing like i don't know what i'm gonna need it from but mm-hmm. i do like Basically, what I'm trying to say is it is a world that's huge, but it doesn't really have the, the kind of markers you would get out of a GTA or yeah. out of a Fallout where you start to associate with, okay, I'm a, I know where Sanctuary is in yeah, Fallout, yeah. or I know where Diamond City is, or I know what, what makes that zone and that space distinct. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's five continents that are huge, 
And even though the creatures have a personality and the art direction is fantastic, sometimes I feel like I'm just missing those landmarkers that make big spaces memorable. Gotcha. Right. So, like, I mean, you are specifically talking more of the kind of the guiding hand to mm -hmm. explain how the world fits together, right? Like, the, the Zelda games were always so good at getting you the sense it's like, lake here, mountain here, right? Like, you really understand the yeah. world and how it fits together, right. you know, after a while. And, like, I feel like Twilight Princess actually lost a little bit of that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, and Skyward Sword, certainly, because the overworld was the, the, the sky and, like, you didn't get as much of a connected world. Yeah. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, is there is there any... Um, You know, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Final Fantasy series. Is there kind of, like, a major element in the story, like the Final Fantasy, to a fault, does the cataclysmic event, right? Mm. Like, dun, dun, and then suddenly the meteor comes down, or the <laughs> world is blown up, or, you know, everybody's zombies now. Um, like, well, everybody's zombies. Yeah, zombie. we're in the post-apocalypse. Right, but, it, but is there, I'm saying, is there kind of, like, a little bit of a... Uh, an element that affects the story in a grander scheme yes. or yeah okay oh, so yes. it has that good yeah no there there is a a big uh, there are a lot of things happening behind the scenes and they slowly peel them away awesome. through the course of the story mm -hmm. um yeah it, it gets serious so it's not just chase the monster you know explore the the countryside no, it, it, it is really has a survival story. Yeah. yeah it is very mm -hmm. much survival and great what you have to do to basically stay alive mm -hmm. yeah. at one point. And it's not quite as dark as like a DayZ or something. I'm not right, trying to right. sell yeah, it. Yeah. it. It's yeah. still very Japanese and so it can at times feel incredibly wacky not to disparage it. Yeah. It's just if you're not willing to acknowledge that's a thing, I can't help you. But, but, um, <laughs> well, but, it has but it's that, still, it's, there's still a level of gravitas to it, what's happening. It's that fish parts. out of water story though where you have your, you know, your giant spaceship like basically at the center of this world. It's cool, right? Like mm. they landed on an unknown world yep. and I, I do love the setup a lot and I, I think it looks very nice and it's weird, right? Like playing this game on the Wii U, I kept on thinking this is like playing a PS2 game, not because of the visuals, but because the PlayStation was home to like all these big Japanese That's RPGs, right? right? That's and right. Like, mm -hmm. It's kind of a throwback to that age, which ironically you don't find that much on the modern consoles on, mm -hmm. the, on the PS4 either. Yeah. So it's really cool to have a game like this again. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right. So let's jump over to the question block. So my first question Ding. pair is actually going to go towards you, but what? I want to read. Uh, well, this was an email we got because I asked for feedback for folks. What mm -hmm. did they think of Zelda Twilight Princess HD? You were not here last week when this oh, game yeah. was announced. So I'm, I'm curious to hear your take. But this is the take of, and I'm going to summarize this because Michael Hollander, your email is too long. <laughs> I'm telling you right now uh, on the air. So next time, shorten it up. But I appreciate that you wrote in. Thank you so much for doing that. So you can always you can always give feedback and then do the the two sentence question too. Yeah, yeah. well, he doesn't ask answer a question. Mm -hmm. He just tells us his impressions, gotcha. and I'm grateful for that much. Um, so graphically, he was he thought uh, the game didn't look impressive. Uh, it does correct the blurry sort of filter that mm. the game had when he felt that it came out. Um, and while it does make things a bit sharper and less dreamy all around, he thinks that's a good thing. Like the fact that it is a bit sharper. Um, the important most important thing to him was or at least that excites him, is the departure of motion controls and unflipping the map. Because remember, if you played it on we GameCube, yeah, we think. It might still um, be in there, yeah. When you played it on GameCube, the direction was basically Link was left-handed and the maps faced a certain way. In yeah. order to get it on Wii, they basically flipped everything so that Link is now right-handed because you were using motion controls. He's very happy about that. He always felt mm. that the original Twilight Princess was a love letter to Ocarina of Time fans, and that meant a lot to him. Um, he's also hopeful that Skyward Sword would benefit from the same treatment. 
Uh, I would go so far enough to say that Link Between Worlds played so well because it was the first new Zelda game in ages to not use motion control. Mm-hmm. Uh, or excuse me, to use traditional controls, is uh, the way he put it. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts. What did you think of Twilight Princess? <laughs> Well, I, I thought the I thought the footage was under underwhelming. You know, mm-hmm. um, it looked very similar. It looked the way we remember it. Now, if you put it side by side with the Wii version, you'll instantly notice. You know, the the details being cleaned up, the textures are better. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look as blurry. I mean, it's gonna run in HD. So mm-hmm. once it's on your screen, you will notice a marked difference. There's no doubt about that. I just, you know, I was hoping that they would. Clear, clean up a little bit of uh, an issue with the Wii is that the Wii games were all very gray. Like they, this one is like navy green, like it or, or like kind of lighter green shade, where it's like the difference between shadow and light wasn't that pronounced. Like I, I feel like this game needs more of a lighting upgrade. It needs self shadowing stuff to make it look a little better and more more modern. And it's not out yet. More work is going to go into it. Um, it is not the step up like with an Ocarina of Time remake yeah. on the 3DS. Cleaner looking, yeah. but definitely not and, impressive. Yeah, right. and, and Wind, yeah. Wind Waker was a game that looked so unique and different that just bumping up the resolution fixed like a lot mm-hmm. of the issues with a re-release, right? Like it's such a unique looking game. With Twi- Twilight Princess was striving to be a little bit more realistic looking. Um, so no, it didn't impress me when I saw it. I instantly like looking at the visuals and like Zelda turning around. I'm like, oh yeah, I want to play this again, again mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, not having motion controls is a good thing in my book. Potentially, not, not, we think. Not we because, think. yeah, not because I, I thought it was unsuccessful. I actually enjoyed the sword uh, swinging in the game, like especially because you could run or gallop and, and swing your sword while doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it freed you up in a way. Yeah, but but there are button solutions around that that work just as well. Well, and yeah. aiming, especially the bow and arrow, I that thought was, was the biggest improvement was in good. the Wii version. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. very easy to point and shoot and get things and, done. And, and so if they have aiming with a gamepad, right, like you can track the gamepad mm-hmm. position. Uh, if play, they have we that. We play Splatoon with motion. Yeah. If they have that, that, I'm all for it and leaving it in. Uh, the and sword, they had that at Wind Waker HD, by the way. The sword slashing, though, did make my wrist hurt after a while when I played yeah. the original game. right? And the one shortcoming of aiming in motion in Wind Waker, to me, was using the boomerang. Where yeah. with the boomerang, trying to hold down the button and also like just kind of keep everything moving. Mm-hmm. Like on a boss fight, for example, um, like... Uh, uh, at the great, um, at the forest, when you're rescuing the the little guys, that boss yep. fight to me was a little tough. Yeah, using motion. Yeah, for sure. But but I mean, I'm I'm first of all happy that it finally got confirmed. It does not look that impressive when you see it. When you compare it to the the previous version, it looks better. Mm-hmm. It's not going to knock anybody off their socks. But I'm hoping more work gets to be done. It's similar to Star Fox, where it has a little bit of a flat look to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, you know, I always felt Twilight Princess was doing a little bit what Eco did, mm-hmm. you know, um, with having like these overblown bloom looking kind of like br- this brightness to it. But it was lacking that kind of shadow. Like you need mm-hmm. to have this. You need to also have dark colors and a little bit more vibrancy in that world. I'm hoping they, they can do that a little bit more. Okay. Right. Yeah. All right. Our next question is for everyone. This comes from John C. Thank you for writing in John, who's from Ireland. He says, long time fan of the show. I think the direct we saw was awesome. And I'm a big fan of how much Zelda we got to see come to light though already i'm frothing for something more substantial from zelda wii u yeah i was wondering when you guys think we might see the game again and what you would like them to show us when they do maybe we'll get some more footage as a christmas present this year do you do yeah. that trick twice in a row yeah i, I think don't know they will. Uh, i mean the next direct is just smash focus so it won't be that one mm-hmm. yeah. um 
Yeah. And do we know of any directs after the Smash Bros. No, but one? they could they could put out a new trailer. I mean, they do need con- continued news that you need to hold on to that platform, right? That yeah. a hardware manufacturer doesn't just think about selling machines. They want to make sure you keep it hooked up. And so they got to they have to remind you that there is stuff coming out wor- um worth waiting for next year and the holiday lineup now, you know, we just talked about two mm. games that were not awesome. Yeah. I think they need a reminder <laughs> later this year why you should um keep your Wii U. Mm. Yeah. Um and like that, I mean just the tantalizing footage of that game like I want to play that now. It looks mm-hmm. so cool. It does look so cool. Even even though I keep seeing horseback riding, I like I don't care. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> I will say that part of me, though, would not be disappointed if, because by traditional standards, if they kept, the silence would continue until E3, where E3 mm-hmm. would be the big coming out party, if they felt to do it that way. However, if really? they did turn, a, yeah, I would not, E3? W- I would wait till E3, because I already know I'm not getting that game till the fall, mm. because you're also talking to a guy who loves to stay spoiler-free yep. or stay away from so, things. So Jose decision, not business decision, is what you're saying. The the Jose decision would be, like, <laughs> it wouldn't bug yeah. me as, as someone who is playing Wii U, who owns a Wii U, if I didn't hear about that game again until E3. Yeah. However, it would be an interesting experiment if every other Nintendo Direct or one of the several Nintendo Directs before the digital event in E3 2016 yeah. had bite sizes of updates about Zelda. But if they do breadcrumb it like that, I almost wonder, would people be like rioting in the streets like because oh. they just want to play it already? Yeah. No. Like, I don't think they've ever done something like that. That's a long tail. Nintendo mm-hmm. doesn't promote games that heavily yeah. until they're three to four months out. And they got yeah, Star Fox yeah. in between, of course, right? So they have to do more on Star Fox. And the recent footage we saw had some more impressive visuals in it. I thought they did a nice job cleaning up the, the water graphics now look better. Mm-hmm. It does have self shadowing with the spaceships and yep. space mm-hmm. going on. It, UI it looks does much better. It's starting yeah. to look better. And so they'll probably focus a lot on those changes, but yes. they cannot afford to not keep on peppering um, their communications with Zelda stuff. I, I want a happy medium because pretty much for any game, the hype train just irritates me. I really am not, a, I do not board the hype train for anything. I'm just like, stop. I just want to play this when it's ready. So I would want a happy medium where maybe they do focus on Star Fox a little more, uh, generate kind of excitement for that game. Oh, they will. In, yeah. I, of course yeah, they will. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then just maybe leave leave Zelda alone and then once they have something substantial that's not horseback riding, which again, not complaining, no. I every time I see that game, I'm like, oh my god. But um, I, I would, I'd want to wait until they had something really substantial to show maybe something different. I don't need, you know, like Hey, remember this game's coming out? Of course I remember it's coming out. I'm super stoked for this game already. Yep. Uh, I don't need the, hey, remember Zelda? Don't forget Zelda. 2016. Yeah, like I don't, <laughs> I don't need like the logos Reminder. plastered. Like I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need that. I, yeah, but look how excited people got just by what is essentially footage. I'm raising that, my that hand. Could've, hey, that could have <laughs> been from the un- original reveal. It was, it was no, there was nothing new in it, right? No, it was like, super did you, you guys did you, a rewind theater, you, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, but yeah, of did. course we did. But <laughs> of six seconds, thirteen. Thirteen. And the fact that I know that. Oh, look at that blade of uh, that blade of that uh, blade <laughs> on the right is called Wilbur. Is that that's, a goat? Yes. Is it a goat? I we, don't know. We're not sure. Right. Uh, this is Jose from CNN. We're not sure if that's a goat or not a goat. <laughs> Death but, Mountain. Death Mountain yeah. on the left. Death Mountain that's for true. sure. <laughs> it's there. Mm-hmm. I saw the clouds. Um, no. I, uh, look. I'm excited that that I forgot where this was going because you brought up like that we did a rewind. And I'm like, oh yeah, we did. Oh, just like being um, excited about the trailer. See, like the footage is exciting but that because we hadn't draw. seen it. Oh, here we, we go. Here we go. We hadn't seen it in so yeah. long. You missed last week because I said, why the heck was this not at E3? 
that 13 seconds would have been enough for plenty of people. Yeah. The promise. The promise. I the promise. For the yeah, but it's yeah, like you wait. They made you the wait. Promise. They make you wait for that the cracker. Promise, so the cracker is more tasty. Well, the promise. Tastier. No, what I <laughs> sorry. I'm just. Kidding. I definitely go. I think I see you go. I think there's a promise. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry, actually Callie, playing a role at this point. Go ahead. <laughs> I just think that you know we were so excited about this footage because we hadn't seen anything in a while. I think yeah. it means more when you wait a while. And exactly. I I understand though why E3, wasn't this at E3? We hadn't seen it in a year. I know, but remember. <laughs> I said last time that it would have been weird if they were like, eh, just kidding, you're not getting it. Sorry, here's some footage. Like, I understand why they wouldn't there do it were... because I would feel weird if it was me. Like, sorry, guys, disappointment, but here's your... Okay, okay, but but, yeah. but, but there were entire Reddit, Gaff, IGN posts completely sold that they wanted to see 13 seconds of footage if that's all they got. Yeah. All I'm saying, fine, you start folks off. It looks great. Call me back when you got some great. So what do we want to see from it next? We we've run away from, <laughs> from the point, and I need to go. I want I them. Yeah. I want them to. I I think it'd be smart if they did another small. I think it's Bobby Amos's birthday, and they sing it. Either that or the meeting just ended, and yes. I'm in real trouble. Uh, say Bobby on 1984. And say send happy birthday. Employment request too. Um, uh, uh, it's. I I think it'd be smart if they did another really kind of quick clip of something, but not do the same horseback thing. Just throw us for a loop. Have Link just slowly walk into a cave. I mean. Those kind of, it's less about showing you what the game is about. Uh, by the way, I love it when I don't see a lot of environments in a Zelda game, and I find I find out by myself, mm-hmm. right? But like showing just these tantalizing little moments of kind of giving you hints at what the game should be, like Link jumping off the horse and firing the arrow, for example, I thought was awesome. That yeah. was really cool. So, so that's what I want. Like, what and is I think that they arrow? Keep on doing it. Yeah, he's yeah. shooting a goat. I know. Yeah. And also, that. I'm. It does not bother me that I have not seen him in a green tunic. That it is not. Showing you anything traditional but, outside yeah. of a landscape. Our big complaint was that there wasn't a lot in the open world. Wait. It wasn't that we didn't see a lot of different things. No, I, yeah. you know yeah. what? I know exactly what I want. I want them to be like, surprise! It's a girl. That's all I want from oh, it. Man. Surprise! You That's think why it's there's. Linkle? Yeah. Why is there no green tunic? Maybe this iteration is Link, of Link's a girl. Why can't Link be a girl? That's the thing about Linkle. Is like I am really excited about Linkle, but why isn't it just Link that is a girl? Because whatever, whatever. I won't get into that right it's, now. It's but, really one of a few franchises where you can pull that off and it makes total sense and would be an awesome thing. And you know what Link people were doing like, in 1986 when they played the, the game and didn't look at the manual? Yeah. They assigned whatever gender oh, they yeah. wanted. Yeah, because Sally is the name of that character. Yeah, yeah. Link yeah. has always been yeah. a very androgynous character. Yeah. So I think it's entirely within it, the realm of possibility that this iteration could be whatever you want. It's him tough or her for them to, to do that. Like I don't I actually don't think they'll do it. I, I think they'll I, they'll feel like it's pandering at this point, right. right? Like, if too many people say, oh, that looks like a girl, and then they'll go like, oh, okay, no, we're not going to make it a girl, right? Yeah. Like, but yeah. I, don't, I don't even need it to... I want it to be an option. Mm-hmm. Like, you can say... So no one's going to refer to me as he. Like, well, if I put my name in there, yeah. like, it'd be cool to be no, able to... No, that'd be really cool. Just, like it, changes, it changes nothing. Like, it'd be cool if it changed nothing about how that character looks or is or nothing oh, about, yeah. mm-hmm. about them, except... I can say use these pronouns to refer to me. Here's my name, and it that's all the same because this mm-hmm. character is super. You can project yourself onto Link. That's what Link's always been. So 
that would be really great. That's I. That would be my big hype thing. I'd be like, finally. <laughs> yeah, my um, my daughter freaked out when she saw Lincoln. Oh yeah, I did too. Yeah, yeah. What a stupid name though. Uh, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird name. I, I have a feeling she is the soccer like to Link's Ryu. Sadly, yeah. that that's what I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, what I want to see the next time they show us that game. Not so much different environments, but more, more significant, something more significant in that world. Like mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. not something that's super spoiler heavy, but definitely not something that's just that same field. Like I'd love to just see that field at night, to be honest. Or show me like a time lapse of just like the world going by. Like I don't know. Show me, yeah. show me weather. Show me something that shows me <laughs> that the world is dynamic yeah. and, and and different. Um, without giving away what I'm going to do, because that's always the the fine line to tread, right? And we know for a fact Zelda games are always about day night. Zelda mm-hmm. games are always about uh, this uh, world. And Al Numa keeps teasing he has a, a really cool twist on this that he's dying to show yeah. everyone. And yeah. then, look, I mean, they're very deliberate in not giving out a, a lot of information, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. with a game of this size and having been in development this long, they have a ton of stuff going on in that game, mm-hmm. right? Like, there are definitely dungeons that are fully fledged yeah. at this point. Yeah. And you, they know the enemy character and everything in that game and they're not showing it, which I'm totally fine with. Like, yeah. my, again, my big worry about that game is will the world feel alive right mm-hmm. one of the issues I have with Xenoblade is that there are a lot of creatures but it does feel a little stiff yeah. mm-hmm. I want to make sure that that it is that it is alive yeah. but beyond that like I would love to just, I would love to see <laughs> stop it I would love to just see a <laughs> shot of what a dungeon in this type of or, world looks like I or lastly I'll end with show me one, a single day in Hyrule. Yeah. What what could possibly happen in a random single day in Hyrule? Like mm-hmm. what happens when you ride off on your, into the field? Do you run into things? Do you run into side quests? Do you run into just put the camera down somewhere and just have people walk by and like creatures <laughs> no, come no, out? More like, like a, more follow link through a day okay. in Hyrule. Mm-hmm. To yeah. me, like it doesn't have to include a dungeon. It doesn't have to include anything else. I just want to see what you the diversity of things you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, that says a lot. That's yeah. cool. All right. So let's move on to the last question because we, we spent a ton of time on that. Yeah, um, last thing, that and then we so got to go. Yeah. Uh, this one comes in from Nick Hickman. We are so late for that meeting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, in last week's Nintendo Direct, they were quick to put, Nintendo was very quick to point out that 2016 will be the 30th anniversary of the Zelda series. Why? Well, thank you, Nick. We've actually pointed that out on this podcast as well. 2016 is also the 30th anniversary of Metroid. Do you think we will see any fanfare for that franchise? And if so, do you think what do you think we could expect? Now, I like this question just because it's true. Me- mm. Metroid and Zelda were both products of 1986. Mm-hmm. And here we are 30 years later for both. It has been a while since we've seen a traditional Metroid game. The stage is set for Legend of Zelda Wii U, and they're using Twilight Princess as part of their marketing for 30 years of Zelda. There's not a doubt in my mind that they will have Metroid something. They do have Metroid something. It's called Federation Federation Force. And a bunch of people threw a hissy fit. But that's not Metroid. That's that's spin-off. Yes. That's like you know, that's like saying we we just got an Animal Crossing game. Exactly. Right? Like that's not the same same thing. And that game may very well be really, really good and fun to play. I think it has a chance. Yeah. Yeah, but there has to be they they will not walk away from their icons. Mm -mm. Like 
You know, F Zero. I sure think about it's, that? They I, walked. They've walked away from F Zero. No, but mind. I think F Zero is a little different. F Zero. They they retconned Captain Falcon into being the star of that franchise. That franchise was about a huge cast of characters and and very very diver, diverse characters. And they they kind of elevated that character and gave yeah. him more to do. One well, his popularity and Smash Brothers helped that. Me- I would imagine. Metroid is mm-hmm. a character driven game. I mean, Samus is. It doesn't matter who is in the suit. Samus, the suit design, that world, Mm -hmm. it is a one-person versus the world game. That is not what F-Zero is. And that is an icon, and they will continue to grow that icon. Okay, so Metroid Zero Mission has been out in Japan forever. Metroid Prime Hunters has been out in Japan on Virtual Console, both these games forever. So the easy bet is that those two games come out this year. Like the lowest possible barrier of things to do involving Metroid are that those two games come out in 2016. But... Is there a new thing that gets announced or shown? We know that our, our lovely friends at Retro have started their next game. Yeah, Dungeon they are Country not, 3. It's gonna, they are yeah. not on Federation Force. <laughs> that is being done by a different developer. So it almost makes you wonder if the stage is set. Because since Tropical Freeze, we haven't heard from that team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. There, there are a lot of developers out there who could do a bang-up job at a, at a Metroid Everyone game. Remember, the, yeah. it doesn't have to be a prime or you know a third-person Metroid game in the traditional kind of console sense. It could be a 2D game. There are amazing to do 2D developers out there. Yeah. I, I cannot imagine that Nintendo would just say we're not investing in that franchise at all. Yeah, I, I there has to be something. Yeah, I. It wouldn't make be sense confounding. for them to just drop drop the ball on the 30th anniversary of this franchise. I I, I would be extremely disappointed. I, I would argue did. that Nintendo is not very good at anniversaries. I mean, anniversaries have come and gone with some of the most unceremonious celebrate like they did. I've, I've ever seen. I was going to say they did a huge Tossed thing the, for Mario. The well, year of Luigi was so huge. So hang on a minute. Wait, it was what, like two years, too. Did, what big thing did they do for Mario? Because the 25th anniversary came and went with a port of basically Mario All-Stars in a box. With well, an art book okay. and a CD, which was which was nice, but it didn't feel like as as big scale as an icon like Mario deserved. And That's then true. with Mario Maker, Mario Maker we had the... a lot of like interview access and Miyamoto mm-hmm. and Tezuka talking. Yeah. But how many Mario products did you really see this year on the 30th anniversary? That's of that's Mario. a good point. Is it's maybe it's not product heavy; it's more celebration heavy. They do mm-hmm. a little more with um, celebration. I just I feel like especially just. Samus is so iconic as, uh, you know, just like a female video game character as well. I would be extremely disappointed if they did not give her uh, her proper time Um, just because, you know, she means so much to so many, so many people, especially as a female gamer, just like that. that When you find out she's a girl, that's the, the best thing. She can do anything. You don't even have to know she's a girl. That was so big. Mm -hmm. And that's the twist. Now it's going to be a guy. Dun, 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 no, dun, dun. <laughs> I just think it would be it would be horribly disappointing on on many fronts if they if they didn't do a single thing, even if it, I mean, just a social media. Thing. Well, there like, will be amiibos. Come on, you're gonna get your I mean, Ridley amiibo and all that kind of stuff. That that is an easy Smash. way. Settle <laughs> it in Smash. That's yeah. an easy way to celebrate franchise to have these special edition amiibo out this, there. And if freaking Chibi Robo can get one, you mm-hmm. know, I'm sure we'll see more from the Metroid series as well. I also this gotta be a game. Come I'm, on, get out of here. Yeah, of course. I've there's. heard these gotta be's from pair before. I know. I've said this for like you, 20 years. I, I'm the only guy keeping track sometimes. To be of fair, the pair gotta be. We got since you know <laughs> we. 
we used to always mm. we used to uh, ask Nintendo over and over for a lifetime from the Metroid series, mm-hmm. and then we got not one but three Metroid Prime games, and they were great games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and if Federation Force comes out alongside a a tradi- something that stars Samus, I think a lot more people will be happy. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, yeah. Really Don't fast. No brainer for yeah. me. It's gonna happen. Really fast. 2016 is also the 20th anniversary of Pokemon. Um, Jesus. Well, you're getting your virtual console games. Yeah. All the colors. That's it. I'm so excited. Stop! I already cried. Yeah. So there's a lot of anniversaries coming up. Just yeah. saying, it's Game yeah. But Pokemon stuff, I count as a separate entity just oh, because Nintendo not, doesn't like. Yeah, it, Pokemon is a is a different thing because for it's sure. the you know it, it being a Pokemon company thing. Um, but there are a lot of anniversaries coming up. I really hope that they don't yeah. let any one of them drop completely. Yeah. So, so, so just to be the guy, the counter argument to you, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and say that those 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 Wii U games, those virtual console games, absolutely come over. But I bet you, I don't know, I just. I, it's hard to. I, I hate betting against you, but I only do it because sometimes I just want to. You be hate the other it because voice. you always lose. No, I don't always yeah. lose. First of all, oh yeah, Mister Star Fox is getting a big online multiplayer. How'd that turn out? <laughs> you gotta, you gotta. Well, it's not out yet. No, you gotta make. You gotta play some bets. I do, I do, and I like yours. But I'm gonna say, uh, just because of how quiet they've been, unless they've been conscious of it, and I don't think they 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 have been. I wouldn't be surprised if 2016 I, comes and goes, and we maybe we get an announcement, but we definitely don't get a new a new Metro game. An you, announcement would be enough, to be honest. To me, an announcement would you, be enough because it means that that would you're gonna be care. sorry when Metroid is the NX launch game. No, that would uh, be, it's Mario, bro. Like and, I'm putting it there. Like Retro's been working all this time on the NX launch sorry, game Callie. Metroid. It's like, Go ahead. La- last thought is, um, I think an announcement would fit well with what we discussed like a couple minutes ago yeah. just not being product focused necessarily for anniversaries but like kind of thematically focused so yeah. um, you know that you other M HD well you can you no. can absolutely do an HD remaster <laughs> he, for he didn't even games. acknowledge it he just kept going anyway, you can absolutely remaster we, the prime games in HD <laughs> Okay. That's, that's that's kind of like the no-brainer approach, and you mm-hmm. pack in you know the spaceship and Ridley and and Samus as yeah. Amiibo or something like that. That kind of stuff, I think they they will do anyway. I will say this: the next Metroid game, I would bet, isn't from the next Prime game. Like the next mainline game is Sakamoto, and it's not uh, Takeda. Because Takeda told everyone his dream for Metroid 4, and he also made it very clear, this is not in development. Like, yeah. this is just my mm-hmm. idea. This is something I always wanted to explore, and we didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, last thing. Last thing. Dropping it's, the mic. We got to go. <laughs> yeah, we got to go. I'm getting yelled at after this. All right. Go ahead. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing what's coming up for All Metroid. Right. I'll probably that franchise is not done by a long shot. For sure. Uh, I hope it's not. All right. Thank you for listening to Nintendo mm-hmm. Voice Chat. Uh, we are a weekly show on IGN, but we are, in fact, not the only show on IGN. Great show called Up at Noon, which Brian is on constantly. In fact, he missed us for uh, preparations for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a ton of shows from anime to Xbox to you name it. Make sure you check it out. We also have videos, features, articles, previews, reviews. Not all of them really bad. Uh, so <laughs> make sure you check those out. Um, lastly, you can leave us feedback. So head on over to – there's a couple places you can leave feedback. First, head on over to iTunes, leave us a show review. Or if not, email us, nvc at IGN.com. Let us know what you think. We're always curious to see what you have to say. Lastly, you can find us on Twitter. You can find 
the the master GM class. The tyrant. The, tyrant, the tyrant. Yeah. IGN. The level 13 tyrant uh, uh-huh. per IGN. You can find Cali Plegosaurus Rex at Inkidojiko, I N K Y D O J I K K O. And lastly, you can find myself, Jose underscore Otero. It is Uh Jose underscore Otero on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.